How can we as teachers bring our summer way of being into every single day of our life at school? I invited my coach Justine Capel onto the show today to talk about just that. I'm Celeste Kirsch and we are teaching tomorrow. Justine is a certified personal trainer, level one precision nutrition coach, pre and postnatal fitness specialist, and the owner of 20 Toes Fitness. While she focuses on working with women, her philosophy of navigating the middle ground of health and wellness, I see as so applicable to teachers, regardless of their gender. We sat down in my dining room in the summer to talk about finding wellness in the daily grind of teaching, what teachers can do right now to improve their wellness, and why accountability is such an important dial mover. Justine also shares with me the health term that apparently I coined, so be sure to stay listening for that one. I think it will become pretty clear how much I adore Justine and how transformative she's been on my own health and wellness journey. I am so excited to share her work with my teaching community. So let's get right into it. Justine, it's so good to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Um, just some background info. Um, you are, I want to say you're my personal trainer. I don't sure. know if that, you're my coach. Yeah. Um, I met you um, from a friend, uh, Jess Chitley, who introduced me to you when I was on mat leave. And... I started doing baby stroller classes with you in Cedarvale Park. That's right. So uh, why don't you tell everyone um, who you are, what you do professionally, um, and what you like to do for fun. Sure. <laughs> uh, my name is Justine Capel, and I am the owner of 20 Toes Fitness. I'm based in Toronto, and I work with women in person and online. What I do is... Um, I'm a personal trainer, I'm a pre-postnatal fitness specialist, I am a precision nutrition coach. And so working with women in person, what we do is group fitness and personal training. And online, I work with women in various coaching capacities, but essentially teaching them how to weave health and wellness into their lifestyle so that they can feel strong and empowered in their lives. That was, I think, the hugest takeaway that I had when I was on mat leave. Um, that idea of it doesn't have to be all or nothing I think that I grew up with a bit of an all or nothing mentality and you totally changed my mindset around health and fitness and you know being on mat leave your body is not your own and 100% it was like just really like when I actually signed up to do the PN nutrition you called no nonsense nutrition at the time mm -hmm. um, and that through that training with you I lost like 25 pounds yeah which was like amazing. It was revolutionary. Um, but I wanted to have you on the show today because what you do with women and what I saw you do with me in that process is I think so important for teachers. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. Like, I mean, the, the middle ground I think is really important. Yes. Um, what do you think busy really engaged teachers who are so committed to their work and to their classroom, um, what do you think we don't yet realize about playing in that middle ground? I think that it takes some time and effort for people to realize that letting go of perfection can actually buy you a whole lot of breathing room. Mm. So when you learn to let go of that sort of all or nothing type of mindset, 
um, you can start to navigate health and wellness in a way that has so much more ease and um, so much less stress and it just becomes natural and automatic instead of feeling like you're fighting an uphill battle. And I, I think that by the time this goes to air, it will probably be early fall mm-hmm. and people are probably just like in the middle of recommitting to teaching full time. Yeah. Um, like how could somebody who is, you know, maybe working 12 hour days find a middle ground where it doesn't feel like there is any space to prep their meals or any space to exercise? How do you find that middle ground when work takes over everything? I think that sometimes it's literally as simple as taking the smallest action, literally taking one simple action and um, committing to that and practicing that one thing. So that could be something as simple as committing to starting your day with a glass of water or committing to eating vegetables at every meal or committing to you know turning your devices off 30 minutes before bed. Mm. Literally practicing one small thing and noticing how that helps you and how that makes you feel. And I promise you that one small action will inspire the next thing. You'll say, I feel so much more hydrated because of the way I started my day. And you'll make that next choice that feels like it's more in line with your goals. So I think it's less about you know trying to find a specific plan and it's more about just practicing you know practicing one or two actions until those things become automated for you and then adding to that weaving that stuff into your life instead of making your health and wellness something that's separate. And the truth is, um, when you focus on those actions instead of the outcomes of the Mm. actions, then um, it's just, you're setting yourself up for more and more success. Do you feel like the app, like, or in your experience, because you see so many different people going through this, when people kind of let go of the outcomes, the big goals of I want to lose X amount of weight or I want to be able to be healthy in this way, Um, When people let go of the outcomes, do you feel like they just naturally come? I definitely do. Um, I can tell a little story just, you know, it's sort of, you know, there's two kinds of clients and um, some of them will learn to enjoy the journey, right? So it's like being in a car with a couple of kids and one of them is really enjoying the journey and they're looking out the window and they're looking at the flags and they're looking at the animals and they're enjoying the journey. Um, and that guy is going to get to the destination. And the other kid might be sitting in the back seat saying, are we there yet? Are we there mm-hmm. yet? Are we there yet? And that guy's journey is pretty miserable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that person might eventually get to the destination. But I think when we learn to love the process, that's when those outcomes come naturally. Because you can't like force yourself and hate your way into mm-hmm. success. Well, which actually I feel like makes people then stop doing those actions. Like totally. when they're not seeing the immediate results. Totally. And they're not getting what they want. It's like you have to drink water because it makes you feel good when you wake up in the morning, not because your skin is going to look great at 60. Right. And it's, but it's also about like reframing what success is. And I think that's what, mm. the, what we did together where it's like this week success looks like drinking the water every day. Yeah. And that's success. And you check that box and that is success. And yeah. so it's sort of reframing success as opposed to saying, you know, I want to lose X pounds or I want to deadlift this amount of weight or whatever the end goal is. It's about breaking it down into those little actionable steps and then mm-hmm. focusing on those things. Yeah, I want to call those like micro successes. For sure. Because they have real impact they on do. your day. But like I, like sugar has always been a hard thing for me, especially when I'm back in the classroom. Yeah. There's always sugar out in the staff room. I don't get it. And when I'm feeling, you know, down or a little bit depressed or blah, 
I'll always go for the sugar. And I always feel bad like an hour after. Yeah. And I don't think I noticed that until I had done that year of training with you Mm -hmm. where I realized that actually the micro victory is not eating the sugar because I feel better in an hour. Yeah. And it's a matter of like those little small wins add up and those small wins snowball over time because when you get those small wins under your belt, you become more inspired to take more action. And that's, uh, that's just, yeah, letting go of perfection, you know, and just focusing on the small steps. Yeah. I love, I love that. Um, okay. But about you, because Mm. I look up to you as somebody who is like, (laughs) got her stuff figured out and I'm sure you don't like the rest of us. (laughs) Totally don't. (laughs) But I, you know, when you have somebody who you work with or you train with, you're like, wow, you really like, you look healthy. You have a lot of vibrancy at six in the morning when I'm working out with you in your garage. Um, but have you always been such a rock star in your health game? Um, and what's been like a hard victory for you and your journey? I think that, okay, first of all, it's super nice that you think I'm a rock star because I definitely <laughs> don't think of myself in that light. So it's very, very nice. Um, and I think that, yeah, of course, of course I've had struggles. Um, I've definitely had struggles in my life. I've had times where I have been obsessed with like counting the number of calories I'm eating, Mm. weighing the amount of food that's going into my mouth, obsessed with how much I weigh. Um, And the truth is that all of that is so extremely disempowering. And, um, you know, my energy and effort level with my own health and wellness ebbs and flows depending on the time of the year, Mm -hmm. depending on the weather, depending on what the light is like, you know, like there are many (laughs) factors that influence my energy and effort level. And I think that it's normal that things aren't always like 100% amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but I would say that my biggest struggle is, is just that effort to always course correct and land back in the middle of all or nothing right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you'll be doing nothing and sometimes you're just so hardcore. And the biggest effort is to remind myself that, um, that the middle ground is just so much more effortless and so much more manageable. Mm -hmm. And in the long run, that consistency always trumps perfection. You can manage perfection for small periods of time or perfection in air quotes, really. Um, because I think consistency is much more perfect than perfection. That is so important. Manageable. Yeah. And I, one of the huge game changers that I had, um, which has so impacted how I am as a teacher, is working out for 20 minutes is better than nothing. Totally. And I, there was a time in my life where I'm like, it has to be an hour. It has to be in these conditions. It has to be a class. It has to be led by a teacher for mm-hmm. all these things to be like, quote unquote, count. Yeah. And then like when I actually realized that, you know, 20 minutes of getting sweaty or bringing my heart rate up. Yes. That's enough. And Every like, action counts. Any action adds value to your body's bank account. Um, all of those little things add up, even you know, choosing to walk down to the corner store instead of do, driving to do yeah. your errands. All of that stuff adds up and adds value for your body. And um, I think that you know, everything we do kind of is on this continuum. Can I talk about that a little bit? I would love that. Yeah, so I mean, one of the big um, precision nutrition concepts is that everything in our health and wellness is on this continuum um, where Zero is sort of no effort or terrible habits that aren't in line with your goals. 
and 10 is where you're you know you're do you kind of have your full out effort and energy and um, you're doing the perfect thing so you know this might look like for eating a zero might look like I only eat Big Macs and french fries and a 10 <laughs> might look like I only eat chicken and broccoli and neither of those situations are sustainable and so the whole goal of navigating that continuum between all or nothing is about finding that place on the continuum. There's so many spots in between the zero and 10. Mm-hmm. So where can you land in between that zero and 10 that you can manage on a daily basis? Because I promise you, if you can find like number seven or eight or six, whatever that looks like for you, where there's a mix of, um, you know, healthy habits and indulgence and a, and a balance between your effort and your energy, you're going to find that so much more sustainable, mm-hmm. so much more manageable. And there's just this point of diminishing returns where the effort and energy required to go from a seven to a 10 just really isn't necessarily worth the output. Yeah. If that I makes remember sense. you saying like, if you're white knuckling yeah. through your day, you're not going to last you're not going to sustain that's right. it's better to have a little bit of that like nutritional relief yeah. of like a little treat yeah and then really enjoy it eat it slowly savor it mm-hmm. and then go back to what you do most of the time that's right actually something that came up that um celeste coined a term because <laughs> <laughs> so my bucket list coined, terms. <laughs> coined a term um so yeah we had we have spoken about this at length when i was coaching with celeste and the idea of white knuckling it what that leads to is you know there's only so long that you can refrain from taking you know refrain from indulging and what that leads to the term is wild raccoon in the pantry um <laughs> so you're better off sprinkling in these indulgences and nutritional relief and all of those things and doing those things mindfully and enjoying them mm-hmm. than white knuckling your way and then like you know eating all of your kids animal crackers which isn't yeah. satisfying and it's just frustrating mm-hmm. and yeah, so there's something to be said that, um, you know, the middle ground, there's something to be said for the middle ground and um, consistency trumps perfection for sure. Yeah, that's that's so important. And I think as people are getting back into, it sometimes feels like a stressful, oppressive grind, especially mm-hmm. after a two-month summer. Um, and, and many teachers, I think, have, you know, in that time of July and August, they're finally getting back into taking care of themselves. Yes. They're finally sleeping for nine hours a night. Yes. They're finally in nature. The magical time of year for teachers. <sighs> it's, you know, summertime, Celeste. We're in summer. We're in my dining room. There's no children. We have rosé. This is, like, the perfect thing. It's a perfect afternoon. But I, you know, when this goes to air, we're all going to be back into that. Yes. The grind. grind. The yeah. grind. Um, but you had a post up. I went through a lot of your old blog posts, which are brilliant, and people should read them. And Thank I'll put you. the link in the show Thank notes. Thank you. Um, but can you explain to us why it's actually good to be in a daily grind? Like, where is the the rainbow in yeah, the grind? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so first of all, I love the grind. Um, but <laughs> let's go back to teachers in the summertime. Um, I work with a lot of teachers. Your husband's a teacher. My husband is a teacher, yes. I live with a teacher, so I know all about like the summertime personality versus the school year personality. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um, but yeah, it's wonderful to have this time where you can get back to self-care and sort of reestablish mm-hmm. a lot of these habits that we mean to do all the time. And um, I think that the truth there is the summer is like, 10 weeks of the year I don't know how long a summer break 10 or 12 weeks of the yeah, year it's about 12 in a private school yeah and 
what we do most of the time is really what matters most. So it's wonderful to get back to self-care during the summer, but really if, if we allow that to slide for the other 10 months of the year, um, you know, what we're doing most of the time is what really matters, what make an, makes an impact on our mm-hmm. body long-term. And so I think the grind is a great place to be because uh, you get to sort of settle in, you get to practice, you get to explore, um, you can learn and grow and find solutions. And there's something to be said for just approaching all of this without judgment on yourself, but just recognizing that the standard you hold for your self-care in the summer is first of all going to be different. We have to adjust the expectations Mm -hmm. during the school year and figure out what's sustainable for us. So I think the grind is a great place to land because we can practice, we can get curious, we can master and automate habits, we can find ways of weaving things into our week and our and our daily lives. And then once we have mastered one thing, then we can add on more. So we can continuously just figure out what works best for us and know that it's health and wellness is such a work in progress. It's not a one and done. There's no specific prescription. It's very individual to mm-hmm. yourself and your lifestyle. And it's all about exploring and getting curious and, and um, making the most of your life 10 months of the year yeah you know feeling good during that time not just during the summer so I think the grind is really important do you have any tips for people in terms of integrating some summer versions of themselves into February and March and like the hardest times of the year yeah so I think that it first of all keeping things really really simple Um, Like I have said already, there's no secret advice here about what the magic health habits are. It's all about picking things that are anything from drinking water, setting yourself up for bedtime, eating more vegetables, you know, eating some protein, um, all of these things. So keeping keeping those habits really, really simple, practicing, mastering, automating those, Mm -hmm. and then... um, you know, just looking for whatever the minimum effective dose for you is. Mm. So, you know, you were talking before about exercise and how you felt that you needed to exercise. In the past, you felt like you needed to exercise for 60 minutes. I think that when you start to adjust those expectations and just say, what can I do? When, you know, what 30 minutes, 20 minutes with yeah. a pair of dumbbells can be extremely effective. And so just sort of adjusting those expectations. Yeah, you talked a little bit before... Um, I can't remember where it was but just about the non-negotiables that we have like what are mm-hmm. your non-negotiables that like no matter what happens yeah. no matter what your day is like these are the things that you are going to always commit to can you talk a little bit about that yeah for sure I mean so now I'm at this point where what I do is I mean I could give you some actual tips but what I do is I set intentions for the week yeah so that's what I do with my clients at this point because those non-negotiables might change right Mm -hmm. it might it might might become negotiable um and so what we do is we we come up with what are our intentions for the week Mm -hmm. um pick one or two intentions for the week and just sort of practice those all week and that's what we do so for instance this week i was feeling a little bit underslept because we were camping on the weekend Mm -hmm. so that's what i'm thinking about is my bedtime routine right right now and i was noticing that during the school year i prepare these beautiful salad jars and they're amazing and that i've really been slacking on my vegetables so right now I'm back to focusing on my vegetables Mm -hmm. and you know these things like ebb and flow over time they change Mm. depending on our situations and um, yeah so week to week I'm checking in with that stuff and sort of setting an intention or two for the week ahead and and sticking to that and then checking back in with that every week I'm curious do you write that down anywhere like do you put it in like a journal or what do you do for yourself it's 
it's part of what we do in 365 tribes. So I have everyone, yeah. yeah, it's part of what we do. So every Sunday I have them set their intentions. And um, the idea there is that there's some accountability. When you say something to yourself, it's different than when you say it to your coach or to your peers. Mm -hmm. When you say something and commit to it in front of your coach or your peers, you're much more willing or you're much more, um, it's much more likely you're going to follow through. Mm -hmm. And so we set those intentions and we check in with them halfway through the week and see how people are doing. And um, I think it just adds this extra layer of accountability than, you know, promising it to yourself. Yeah, or just thinking about it in your head. That's right. Yeah. Or being like, maybe next week I'll try that again. Yeah, or yeah. now it's hard, so I don't, I don't want to do that now. Or mm -hmm. now this is a really good excuse why I'm not going to sleep tonight. Um, so that's a perfect segue. So tell us about what you've created with the 365 Tribe um, mm. and who you're creating this online community for. Yeah, so 365 Tribe is my online community and it is my favorite place on the internet. <laughs> I actually love it. It has become a big passion project for me. And uh, it is run in a Facebook group and it is a group of women who are really working on staying accountable and taking action towards their health and wellness goals 365 days of the year. So it's all about um, action-based living. It's all about habit-based living. It is about focusing on action over outcomes. It is about community and accountability. And we really just focus on doing a little bit more and a little bit better. Mm -hmm. There's no all or nothing mindset. And we really work on figuring out strategies and tools for weaving health and wellness into our lives. Yeah, you've done a few like yeah. open free challenges yeah. with your Instagram and your Facebook yeah. presence um, and I've participated in some of them and they're amazing. Like, it's just a great way to uh, build in some really easy accountability to things that you already want to be doing. I love the accountability in the community so much. Um, it's amazing. I love the way that the women support each other. We run this in a closed Facebook group and there's also actually a closed portal on my website that has... Um, you know, all of our archive monthly workouts, all of our archive mm. monthly recipes. So it's just really awesome. It's just a great resource for health and wellness and accountability. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's important, I think, to have those easy ways to get access to some of those ideas. Like there's, you can go to classes, you can take totally. time out of your schedule, but this you can integrate with everything that you're doing. And I think it's not about knowing what to do. I just think there's this big gap between knowing what to do mm. and actually doing it. There's no secret information. Oh, totally. It's just a matter of finding ways to actually do it and take the action. What do you think is the hardest thing for people actually to go from knowing that you should be sleeping X amount of hours a night, drinking water, and actually doing it? Like, What is the biggest hurdle for many people to action? I think that sometimes people just take on too much at once. Yeah. I think sometimes it's too much at once and then you feel like you're failing. Right. And when you feel like you're failing, you're like, ah, whatever, I'm out. And uh, I think that that's often a really big hurdle for people. So it's managing little bite-sized pieces and mm. having that layer of accountability there is really helpful. I think that's like perfect advice for all teachers, to be honest. Totally. And that I think could help all of our students too yeah. when we think about when we're trying to overhaul everything for our students it's too overwhelming like yeah just tiny little one percent better one percent better exactly day. and as you know that stuff like all of those incremental things just add up to so much right mm -hmm. yeah and it just in the end when you look at your lifestyle from when you start to months later you know this isn't a quick process but when you look to months later 
It's just that everything has changed and the way that you perceive things is different and the way that you look at everything is totally different. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Okay, at the end of every podcast episode, we do a ticket out the door, okay. which teachers do. It's like a is that a way, thing? It's called a ticket out the door. You can ask your husband about it. Oh. So the idea is that like you get some sort of last piece of work from a student before they leave. It's like, oh, you need to write your reflection on this thing, and then you collect okay. it as people are leaving the classroom. Yes. So ticket out the door is just a bunch of rapid fire questions to which you cannot prepare. Oh my gosh. They're fun and silly, and it's just a way for everyone just to get to know you better and fall in love with you even more. Oh, thank you. Are you ready? I guess so. To ticket out the door. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. What is your favorite book to read to young people? Ooh, my favorite book to read to my young people because I love the way that they respond to it is the book with no pictures. Ah, it's such a good one. one. It's yeah. so good. They love it. What age would you say to start reading it to your children? Because my son's two and I'm like, I think he's a little too young. My son is four, but I think we started when he was three okay. and um, my daughter has always loved it she's a couple years older than him so yeah three four favorite place to visit in Canada that's hands down um is Cape Breton Mm. yeah Nova Scotia the Cabot Trail is really magical and special favorite place to work out in Toronto my garage (laughs) (laughs) your garage is actually an amazing place there's just something gritty about it i don't know i love it yeah and it's a good group of people it's only like six of us in your garage and there's like the nice neighborhood vibe yeah and other than that i would say just you know walking in nature Mm -hmm. yeah we have some pretty special spots around here so Mm -hmm. um if you weren't a trainer and an entrepreneur what would you be doing I would be an entrepreneur, and I would own a coffee shop. Mm. It's a secret dream. That's yeah. great. You yeah. can do that as a side hustle. That's right. Yeah, yes. workout classes in the, in the whole space. That's right. What is your favorite snack during the day? My favorite snack is, okay, my most common snack is an apple and cheese, which would either be a cheese stick because I'm a five-year-old or <laughs> like a slice of Balderson cheddar. Um, but my favorite snack is those Brookstone chocolate-covered quote-unquote fruit mm-hmm. it's really just like sugar it's like flavored fruit, fruit. yes mm-hmm. that's my favorite yeah we have a big bag from costco i have a costco cover. too yes. i like the portion controlled ones oh good idea yes i like that yeah uh first thing you do when you get home at the end of the day the first thing i do is start assembly lining lunches for the next day <laughs> oh my gosh very relaxing yeah no that's good you're organized get your meal prep in. i like to just get it done so that i don't have to think about it the next morning or later at night i don't like to go back into the kitchen after dinner mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay finally what's the future of health and wellness the future of health and wellness I think that it is not a one-size-fits-all. I think it's all about taking responsibility. I think that a lot of accountability and support can be found online, not only in person. But yeah, I think it's never a one-size-fits-all. It's all about exploring and finding what's right for you. So great. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thanks for, for having on me. The show. You are probably going to have to be a regular guest now. Oh, that's so nice. Those questions. So thank you. Look forward to future episodes. Awesome. If you've been listening to the previous episodes on this show, you'll notice that I switched up my final ticket out the door question for Justine, seeing as she's not a classroom teacher. But what I loved about her response is that it exactly fits what I hope the future of learning will be: responsibility accountability, support through the online world, and getting out of that one-size-fits-all paradigm. 
Justine is up to some pretty awesome things. So if her message about moderation, accountability, and just a little bit better resonated with you, I encourage you to join her 365 tribe. There's a link in the show notes for listeners of the Teaching Tomorrow podcast to get a special offer. So be sure to check that out. Justine also offers classes in Toronto, specifically around the Cedarvale area of the city. So her website is also linked in the notes. That's all the time we have for today, folks. Keep focusing on the journey. And remember, we are teaching tomorrow.